Should I pay down my debt or should I invest? Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. Today's going to be a great episode on a decision that really challenges everyone at some point, right? Whether you should pay down your debt or should you invest. It's going to be great. Tune in. But first, I need you to text house hacking to 345345 really quick, okay? Take out your phone and text house hacking, Hotel Oscar Uniform Sierra Echo, Hotel Alpha Charlie Kilo India November Golf, wall one word, to three four five three four five to make sure that you are staying up to date with our book release and any other awesome thing that's going on. All right, let's kick it. Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. All right, all right, all right. What's going on, guys? Hey, check it out. So we are going to be talking about paying down your debt versus paying off interest, okay? This is a very, very interesting dilemma, okay? It's a good dilemma to have, and it can be a very bad dilemma to have. Um, Honestly, I think depending on what side of the spectrum you are, um, how old you are, how much your risk tolerance is, right, all these factors depend on what you'll ultimately decide to do. I mean, let's talk about the pros and the cons for each single one and then let you decide. You know, I mean, if you are listening to this and you are at a particular position in your life where you're going through a major transition, whether it's getting married, whether it's, you know, getting into a relationship in general, right? Whether it's having a child, whether it's, you know, transitioning out of the military, you know, whatever your transition point is, this is something that's probably going to be at the forefront of your mind because you're trying to figure out, you know, do I take the risk and build long term or do I mitigate my risk and cover my ass short term, right? So really, this is all going to depend on you, your financial position and, um, you know, exactly what, you, what you're what you looking to do, what your goals are, right? Okay, now, again, it's important to understand I am not a financial advisor, right? I am just a single person that, um, well, I'm not single, but <laughs> I am a person that is interested in your financial future. So I'm going to give you advice based off of my education. Does that make sense? All right, cool. So let's go ahead and do it. If you're going to talk about paying down debt, okay, it's important for you to understand these pros and these cons and the pros. So you're going to gain more cash flow from your hard-earned money. What do I mean by that? Well, so you have a job, right, whatever your job is um, in the military or outside the military, you know, wherever you are at in your life, you have an earned income from 
your nine to five or your six to six or your whatever your work cycle is, right? If you pay down your debt, whether it's a credit card, whether it's a, I don't know, a car, your house, whatever, right? Um, then yeah, you're going to earn more cash flow from your income that you receive from your job. Okay, that makes sense, right? Because the the less debt you have, the more cash you'll end up, you know, being able to use at the end of the month towards something else. Got it? You'll also be able to decrease your liabilities. Now, again, if this is something like a car or a student loan or, you know, personal loan, whatever, right? Whatever your debt may be, uh, you are decreasing that debt. Your liability is something that is taking money from you and not giving it back. Does that make sense? So, yes. So, you, you by you taking your money and paying down your debt, you're decreasing your liabilities, which is good, okay? You decrease the amount of interest that you pay over time as well, okay? Now, let's think about this. If you have a credit card where you're paying over 10% in interest, let's say it's like 14 or 15, that seems to be pretty typical, um, then yeah, you are going to pay down less interest over time if you put more money towards that card every single month. Uh, it will decrease the amount of time it takes you to pay that debt in the long run. The same thing with a mortgage. If you pay extra to the principal every single month or every single year, then you are paying, you are cutting down that amount of time as you are expected to pay for that loan. Does that make sense? Same thing with a personal loan, same thing with your car note, really with any loan, right? It doesn't matter what interest you're paying. Um, if you are putting extra towards that principal, then you are cutting down the time that you're taking to pay, which is great, okay? Um, you also build immediate security. Now, what do I mean by immediate security is that your your primary concern, right, when you're paying down debt is what happens if, right? The ambiguous, what happens if blah, 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 or, or fill in the blank uh, with your scenario. Now, if you are paying down your debt, you increase your immediate security because if something happens and say you need to take out another loan to cover it, or you need to just focus putting money towards that issue, then you paying down your debt will help you out should that issue arise. But the reason why I say it's immediate security and not long-term security is because really you're fulfilling that need now, right? In the long term, let's say 10, 20 years from now, who knows what's going to happen? You may have to take out a significant amount of money to cover a serious issue, right? You paying down your debt now, depending on how much you're paying, doesn't really do anything to help you out. It just kind of fulfills that that need for immediate security in case something happens a lot closer to now while you're expecting something to happen or while you're you know hoping to build your security. Because again, in the long term, right, 10 years, 20 years, if something happens then, you don't even know if you're still going to have your job, okay? I mean, let's be honest. We can, we can think that paying down a personal loan right now or paying down uh, a car note right now versus investing is going to help us out in the long term. 
It only does if you don't take on any more debt. Does that make sense? I want you to I want you to let that sink in, right? You paying off your debt right now, right? Only helps you long term if you don't take on any more debt to replace it. All right? That's a huge huge thing to understand and I don't think a lot of people do. Right? They they think that you're paying down your debt is going to help you in the long term, but it doesn't if you take down another debt to replace it. Also, if you take on another debt that has a higher interest rate, yeah? Okay, so so keep that in mind when you're choosing to pay off your debt, all right? It's not necessarily long-term security you're building. You, you're trying to trick in your mind into thinking that, but really it's more immediate security. So, all right, that's important to understand. All right, you also gain more equity in an asset or in a property, right, if you're paying off your debt. Now, if you own debt in a particular asset, that's bringing you money, then that's really good. You're paying that off, that's fine, right? You're building more equity, right? Or more ownership in that investment, right? In whatever it is that you have, whether it's a house or, I mean, your car is not really an investment, so that's a bad example, but you build more equity in your car when you pay down your debt on your car note, right? Now, of course, we all know that your car loses, what, 30% of its value when you drive it off the lot, so that kind of sucks, but you know what I mean? Hey, if you have the ability to pay your car cash, then hey, you own 100% of your car, right? So that kind of, however much it's worth, you own 100% of it, so that's kind of good. Um, but at the same token, understand now going into the cons, right? If you are putting your money, right, your hard-earned money into that, thing, whatever it is, right? You're putting more of your money at risk. I understand that. For the instance, right? You pay your car cash at the lot. You drive it off. Now you just lost 30%. Well, guess what? You just lost 30% of the money that you just spent on that car. I hope that makes sense, right? You're putting your money at risk to the market, right? Because it's only because the market, right? Just dictates, Everyone else, or I'm sorry, everyone else dictates the market. Excuse me. <laughs> everyone else dictates the market because your asset or your thing, whatever it is, is only worth as much as someone's willing to pay for it, right? So if you buy a house in cash, then hey, guess what? Your house is worth what someone else is willing to pay for it. So if the market tanks, your money is in that asset and you just lost it. Make sense? Now, if you're trying to pay back the bank, and you still have a mortgage on your house, then yeah, that's great. If the market drops, I mean, as long as you're getting enough money in rental income to cover your expense, you're good. Ride it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you're not, right, and you are barely making enough to keep up with the mortgage, then, you know, that's a risk, okay? So paying down debt to cover that expense to allow yourself to refinance because you have more equity in that property that can definitely help, right? That could be an example of something long-term that you, that is helping you out. In that instance, right? If we're to, going back to what I said about building immediate security, you can build long-term security if you're planting that money or that seed correctly, paying off that debt. So in the example of a rental property maybe that you own where you're not necessarily earning a lot in rental income, but you have a lot of equity ownership in that property. So should the market fall, 
you can refinance and then you can take uh, you can take out a lower you know mortgage because you own more of that property. Does that make sense? Again, assuming that your the market doesn't fall lower than what you've already paid on that property. Again, okay, so there's a bunch of risk factors that you have to take into that, that account there. Okay, but hey, um, you also miss opportunities to invest. I mean, let's just go ahead and face it, right? If you're focused on your debt, right, in your short-term dilemma, um, you may miss a great opportunity to invest if you're educated enough to make that investment and you're trying to decide which one's better. I mean, it's something to, to factor in. But you also, you miss opportunities to deduct taxes, okay? Now, this one's kind of twofold because you're paying down debt, yes, right? So you are putting more um, security, right? Immediate security uh, in your life. However, if you are borrowing debt, right, you're able to deduct the interest off certain, you know, things that you borrow for, right? Like your home, right? You, you may be able, well, you are able to deduct the interest that you're paying off your home, you know, within limits, but you know, there are tax benefits that come with that at the end of each year. So if you're paying more of your debt, then you're really you're decreasing the amount of, uh, of interest that you'll be able to deduct over the amount of time that you're, you know, you have that thing or that house, right? Let's just say for that example. Okay, so those are the pros and cons of paying off your debt. Oh, I'm sorry. I'd be remiss in saying, not mentioning your credit score. Okay, let's just talk about credit for a second. If you're paying off your debt, let's say your credit card debt, you can boost your score, your credit score, if you are, say, paying off your balances that they're under 30%. Okay, that's important. You don't want to hold any more than 30% of credit card debt. Uh, because then you will start to you know deduct from your score, uh, so that can definitely help you out. Okay, that's a good pro. Um, and then yeah, right. So and then under also understand too that if you never take any you know credit, then you're also hurting yourself. Okay, so if you choose to pay down your debts and not take on any other type of credit, that could hurt you because that reduces your uh, credibility, so to speak, within the banking systems, okay? Um, so keep that in mind too. All right, so paying down debt, we already spoke a little bit about that. Now I want to go over investing because this one's huge. And I think you're going to find that there are way more benefits to investing than there are to paying down debt. But again, okay, don't let this influence your decision if you are in a position where you need to pay down debt because you're too high of a of a risk, right? You're you're kind of tipping the scale. The thing is you want to make sure that you maintain balance and I want to say that now before I go into investing because it's going to sound really awesome on the investment side because there are way more pros than there are cons and the pros far outweigh the pros on paying down debt. But understand that sometimes paying down debt is a necessity and you have to be able to discern between the two, okay? All right, so here we go. If you are building a long-term asset, investing is great, right? Because you're able to, you know, help yourself in the future, right? You're helping future you out or future, you know, your family out, 
right? I mean, insert whatever, but you investing in a home, investing in, I don't know, life insurance, investing in whatever, right? Uh, That is something that's going to help you out in the future because you're hoping that it will build. And not necessarily hoping, right? You're planning for it to build. I don't really want to say hope when it comes to investing. You should never invest on a hope, all right? You should invest through educated action because you did the research, right? And you calculated your risk and you went into that investment knowing what the outcome is going to be. Not necessarily hoping that you end up rich in the future because that's never a good investment, okay? So let me preface by saying that. You're also, you're adding passive cash flow into your life. Now, you can invest in active things, but to be honest with you, and this is more my personal opinion, I don't think investing is an active decision. I really do think it's passive. I think that if you are active in your investing, you're pretty much creating another job for yourself. Does that make sense? I mean, let's just be honest here. If you are a flipper, right? Flipping is a lot different from buying and holding. If you're flipping, you are actively going out there. You're, you know, um, searching the market. You're putting, you know, the repairs in your home. Doesn't matter if you're not doing it, right? But you're talking to contractors. You're organizing everything, making it happen. And then you are um, going out and then now having to sell your home. I mean, if you may have a realtor on your team, that's great, but you still have to go out there and make some of these decisions. Now, I get it. Same thing or similar thing if you are a buy and hold investor where you have to go out, research your market, you have to talk to some folks um, that are on your team before you purchase your property, you have to negotiate the price points, all that stuff. Yeah, that's great. You kind of are semi-active in that too, but at some point you get to the point where your investment now becomes passive. And once you find your renter, you're on cruise control. And then at that point, if you have an issue that comes up and your property manager tells you, hey, this is the issue, it's like a push button. You say, okay, fix that. Issue done. Okay, we'll handle that. Issue done, right? So it becomes semi-active, but it's more passive because the more months that you don't have issues, but you have rent coming in, you're making money. And that's great. For flipping, you sell your property and now you've got a bunch of cash that you need to figure out what to do with. If you 1031 exchange it into you know another property, then yeah, that's great. But you still have to do all that work to make sure that you're uh, that you find the property and then you do the exact same thing over and over again, right? Or you just sit on your cash and then you you wait for you know yourself to either put it into something else or or I don't know you know whatever. But it's not making you any more money unless you roll it into a passive investment that will make you more money. Make sense? Okay, I think I went too far on that. But anyway, you know, just so you understand that, okay, you earn more interest on your money. This is another pro, right? You earn more interest on your money than you otherwise would if you leave it in a bank, okay? Very, very important, guys. If you are putting your money inside the bank, you're only getting back maybe a percent um, if you're having savings, uh, and that's if you're lucky, uh, most savings accounts I've seen is like 0.03% or something like that. I don't know. Uh, it, it is ridiculous, okay? So you don't want to just leave your money sitting in a bank if you've got a bunch of money just kind of sitting there. You're going to lose money over time 
through inflation, which is like 2% each year on average, right? 2 or 3%. Um, so keep that in mind. Uh, if you are investing it in something, let's say, you know, life insurance, let's say, or uh, well, investment grade life insurance. Let me preface that, okay? There are types of life insurance that are, that are not investment worthy. And I'm going to go over this more, but there's something called investment grade life insurance that will give you a higher percentage on your return each year because they pay dividends, okay? Keep that in mind. Anyway, um, but, you know, real estate, right? We'll talk about real estate. You'll earn more in interest if you, make an, if you make an educated decision on what you're going to invest your money in, okay? Uh, and you'll also earn through appreciation. It's great. And while we're talking about appreciation, let's talk about depreciation and talk about our next pro, tax advantages, okay? So with real estate, if you're investing in real estate, there are amazing tax advantages that you have from investing. You can you can get depreciation, right, where your property is quote unquote depreciating over time, so the IRS gives you the money that you use to invest back over 27 and a half years. Uh, that's amazing. But your property is also appreciating at the same time, so you're gaining a lot of money. But hey, guess what? You're also able to deduct any expense that you have, whether it's property management, insurance, you know, you name it, right? Tax, all that stuff. Travel back and forth to whatever area. If you have your property in an LLC, okay, you have to have it in an entity, not just an LLC, but in some kind of entity, Okay, you can get so many tax advantages and so much money back at the end of the year. You end up saving a lot. Okay, now let's talk about saving for future liabilities. We covered this in the last one where your paying down debt was building your immediate security, investing is building your long term security. Okay, now if you are only holding your investments for a short period of time, then no, it's not going to help you out. But if you are holding your investments for life or you're holding your investments for like 10, 20 years, that is building you long-term security. Okay, let's talk about it real quick example. What happens if you're 25 right now and you are trying to invest your money just in, I don't know, in real estate? We're going to talk about real estate because we're a real estate investing podcast. But let's say you want to buy like 10 or ten or 20 different properties and you're going to hold them for the rest of your life. Okay, and now when you're 60, you have to, I don't know, you have to pay some crazy medical expense that you didn't see coming, okay? And maybe you didn't retire from the military, so you didn't get the whole TRICARE for life thing, right? Okay, now you have a bunch of investments that you can sell that have appreciated over 40 years, right? And also, you know, you've gotten so much cash flow over those 40 years too. So, and they're paid off and the properties are paid off. If you didn't borrow from those, uh, from those loans, that's great, right? So, I mean, now you have so much more money that you can use to cover that medical expense because you plan for future you you are going to need money later on down the road. And now you have access to it. It's great, right? Can't do that when you're just paying down your debt. Uh, and I mean, it's not really helping you out if you acquired more debt down the road because you experienced another you know, life-changing transition, okay? All right, so uh, let's also talk about now some pros that investing has for other people. So if you're buying rental real estate, you're providing jobs for other people, right? I mean, you need 
your your team, right? Your contractor, you need your uh, your property manager, right? You need your realtor. All these folks you're providing income for because you chose to invest in you know rental real estate or or whatever kind of real estate. But you know that, that's great. You also you provide housing for other people, right? Whether you're looking to sell the home or whether you're looking to rent the home. Now someone has the ability to find the thing that you have put your money into uh, and it'll provide them protection. You know what I mean? That's great. So you're providing other people uh, the same benefits that you're kind of getting in the long term, which is you know more cash flow or, or a safer uh, future. Okay. Now you're also, you have the chance to boost your credit score too when you invest, all right, in real estate in particular. Why? Because you're holding an asset. And when the banks look at your credit, right, they want to see how much debt you have, but they also want to see what assets you have, right? So if you're trying to borrow from the bank for a mortgage, the first thing they're going to ask you is, is this your first one, right? Do you have any other properties? And that's great if you do, because they understand that, hey, you are building assets and you're likely going to borrow this money to build another asset, which will give you money, but it'll also give them more money. And they see that your that your payments have been on time, have been great. You know, so so you're 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 a better credit risk. Does that make sense? They know that you're borrowing money and you're paying it back on time. You are a better credit risk than someone who, you know, doesn't really have any debt and decides not to get into any debt. And that's, you know, that's, but that's their prerogative. I mean, I get it, but you know, you're not really helping yourself out if at some point later on down the road, you decide to borrow a lot of money. I promise you the bank is going to give $100,000 easier to the person that has 10 or 20 different properties and are building assets to the person that has no assets and no liabilities. And now is just looking for money, right? They don't have anything to base their credibility on. Does that make sense? So Investing can definitely help boost your credit and boost your reliability. Okay. Now, also, you reduce your risk. Okay. Now, I, I want you to understand here. This is a this is a, a a convoluted thing, right? Because yes, you increase your risks. I'm sorry, you increase your risk when you invest because you're putting your money into something. But you can also reduce your risk by investing too, depending on what it is you're investing in, okay? Now, we were talking we were talking real estate. Let's go ahead and let's talk uh, life insurance real quick and understand that as you are investing in investment-grade life insurance, okay? There's a difference between this and other insurance policies out there. Investment-grade life insurance, you can use to put your money in Right and have it build over time. Should the market fall for any reason, right? Your money is covered, and your floor is zero. Okay. Now I know that may be hard to understand, but imagine your little graph going up as the market goes up, and when the market falls, you just flatline wherever you're at. You flatline at zero, and then when the market goes back up, you start picking up again. That is how investment-grade life insurance works. It's crazy. I know it sounds hard to believe, but guess what, guys? This is how the wealthy 1% have been sheltering their money over time because it's legal, okay? 
in accordance with the Internal Revenue Code 7702, you can put your money into investment-grade life insurance. I think you're, you're allowed somewhere of about like three times your net worth. Something crazy like that, right? But you can put your money into investment-grade life insurance. And yes, right, depending on what kind of policy you have, it can be a great investment. Why? Because you can use this investment, this, uh, this insurance account to create your own bank. Think about that for a second, right? If you were to borrow from your policy and you get a good investment grade life insurance that doesn't take away from the amount of cash value that you're building, you can take that money, you can use that to invest in say a buying a rental property and then you can pay back the money that you used to invest over time at a higher interest rate and you can build your insurance account up even more. Now, you take away your uh you can take away the bank, right? Where the bank charges you like 4 to ungodly amounts of percent of interest, right? But they also don't give you any interest when you hold your money in the bank. So you create your own banking system. It's crazy. Guys, I don't want to get too too much into the weeds on that, but Understand that that down the road, there is going to be a podcast. There's going to be a lesson about this built in our module. It's insane. And we want to make sure that you guys understand it because um, the benefits of it are amazing. But a lot of people just don't understand it. So they get they get skeptical and then they kind of turn themselves off. But by turning themselves off, they miss out on some of the best tax advantage you know, tax sheltered, you know, investments out there. It's, it's insane. Okay. Anyway. Um, okay. So, so you can do that. And again, all this is to help your long term. Okay. Whatever happens to you 30, 40, 50 years down the road, right? You are helping yourself out by investing your money and keeping it long term. Okay. Now let's talk about some cons. Okay. So we were talking about reducing your risk with certain things, you also increase your risk, right? If you are putting your own money into an investment. Now, again, if you're putting your own money into an investment, okay, you can also invest by putting other people's money into an investment. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, make sure you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, okay? It's in the show notes. You definitely want to check that book out if you don't know what the term OPM or other people's money means, okay? Because you don't have to invest with your own money. And if you don't invest with your own money, you can reduce your risk significantly, all right? That's great. But you also increase your debt, okay? If you do it that way, you can also increase your debt. So that may be another con. If you are someone that is completely averse to debt. Maybe you're part of the Dave Ramsey crowd, which is like, no debt ever, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's that's cool, right? But, you know, hey, understand that if you are not afraid of debt, right, because you're making calculated, educated decisions, and maybe you're using other people's money, right, to build your investments over time, you could be very, very successful, all right? And it's been proven over time, so many times after again, okay? Anyway, that's all I've got. So hopefully that hopefully you are in this position right now where you are, you know, 
on the verge of making an educated investment or if you're going to pay down debt, right, you're hopefully this shed some light to you in your situation. That, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. And I, and I honestly do wish you guys best of luck. I know that this can, can war people's souls a lot. It has uh, with mine multiple different occasions. But you know what? Um, really, again, like I said in the beginning, it depends on your situation and it depends on how much risk you're willing to take. Okay. Now, understand that regardless of what investment you make, there's always a risk. Okay, there's always a risk. There's no risk-free investment out there. I don't care what it is, um, honestly. And if anyone told you that there wasn't, they'd be lying to you. Okay, but there are a lot less less risky investments out there now, and that of course comes down to your education. How much are you educated on a particular investment before you make it? But even more so, how much are you willing to educate yourself? to secure your financial freedom? Let me ask you that question. And if no one's ever asked you that question before, then you need to ask yourself, how much are you willing to learn to secure your financial future? I mean, everyone can sit you know, on their bed or lay on their bed and stare up at their ceiling and wonder what their life would be like if they you know, had all the money in the world or if they you know, had X, Y, Z. But if you don't ever go out and make, you know, steps and get educated and take educated action to do it, right, then you'll be dreaming forever, all right? There are dreamers and there are doers out in this world, guys. Which one are you? (laughs) All right? Which one are you? Anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. You guys are awesome. Really appreciate your time. And, uh, man, go out there and take some action, guys, all right? Hope this helped you out. Hey, make sure that you're checking out our book, okay? If you listened before, text House Hacking to 345345 to make sure that you're up to date on our book launch November 1st, November 2nd. It's going to be coming out for 99 cents, okay, for those two days so you don't want to miss it. Also, if you're in the Hampton Roads area, make sure that you're out at Town Center tonight at 7.30 at Keegan's Irish Pub. We've got a meetup going on. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait for that. Last but not least, I want to shout out Jimmy Madigan on our Start the Spark program. He's got exciting news to share. He just got an offer accepted for a house that he's purchasing in Milton, Florida. Hey, congratulations, man. Way to take action. That's what I'm talking about. All right, guys, I'm out of here.